What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked on Bucks. On today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks defeat the shorthanded Brooklyn Nets 144 to 122. Chris Middleton had his best game of the season with season highs in both points and assists, while Giannis had a super efficient game where he flirted with a triple-double. How important has Chris Middleton been to the Bucks' success so far this season? Plus, how can the Bucks be seen as sputtering when they continue to fill up the scoreboard? All of that, plus some words about former Bucks owner Herb Cole, who passed away today, coming up next on today's show. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Today's episode was brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We'll talk a bit more about Prize Picks later on in the show, but first, want to talk a bit about Herb Cole. As I mentioned in the start of the show, Herb Cole, former U.S. Senator and former Milwaukee Bucks owner, he passed away today at the age of 88. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks put out a statement that I do want to share just to start the show off before me and Frank kind of dive in on some of our thoughts about the senator and what he's meant to the city of Milwaukee. Uh, the Bucks stated, Senator Herb Cole was a lifelong and proud Wisconsinite who cared deeply for his state and the city of Milwaukee. As the Bucks owner, he was steadfast in making sure the team remained in the city and his generosity led to the building of Pfizer Forum, which is on Herb Cole Way. Even after selling the team, Senator Cole loved the Bucks and was always seen in his team cap around town. The senator leaves behind an unmatched legacy in philanthropy, often anonymously and through his incredible Herb Cole Foundation. His impact in sports, public service, and business will also always be remembered in our state. The Bucks express our deepest condolences to the senator's family and friends. A memorial to honor him will be held in the coming weeks. Now, like the Bucks mentioned, Herb Cole is... Milwaukee through and through. He's Wisconsin through and through. And without Herb Cole, we don't have the Bucks here from when he first purchased the team back in 85 uh, to when he sold the team to new ownership in 2014. Uh, you know, he sold the team under the condition that the team must stay here in Milwaukee. And he put up a hundred million of his own money to build Pfizer for him. And for myself, when I think about the Bucks, I think of Herb Cole and I love that the Bucks included we see him in his cap uh, around town because one thing that Herb Cole loved was the Bucks, and he made that evident in everything that he did. Yeah, I think if you were, you know, to think about this franchise over 50 years in Milwaukee, a couple championships, you know, who's the person most responsible for this team still being here, this team being here as long as they have? I think the story starts with Herb Cole, of course, mid-80s. He comes in, buys the team, essentially keeps the team in Milwaukee at that point. They obviously continue to have a fair amount of success through the late 80s. The 90s, obviously, there's the bottoming out, the rebuild. Eventually, as a, I don't want to say a happy ending, but got to a decent place, obviously, with the East Finals run that they made with the big three. But, you know, the rest of the 2000s were a pretty challenging time for Herb Cole mm -hmm. in this franchise. 
there was a lot of pressure to do something other than chase, you know, the eight seed and a lot of pressure, you know, 2008, I think was a, a turning bit of a turning point with, um, you know, the hiring of John Hammond, as far as like the kind of professionalization of the franchise and didn't turn the team around immediately. Obviously you had the fear of the deer run. Um, but five years later, you know, Herb Cole, someone that obviously was, was often critiqued for being a meddler stood back and let John Hammond make a pick that changed the trajectory of the franchise and pick Giannis Dedekumbo in 2013. That was, you know, under that previous ownership's watch. And obviously the, the following season was really challenging. There was, you know, the save our bucks movement around, you know, tanking and things like that. Um, but fortunately for the bucks, you know, they, they had found their franchise savior ironically in the year that they went for the eight seed and lost in the first round. Right. And that was the great irony of, of the way this uh, title winning team was built was that they hit gold with Giannis Dedekumbo. And that was when Herb Cole was around and he didn't stop them from picking a guy that was, you know, about as big of a home run swing as you can find in the middle of the first round. And 10 years later, obviously, you know, here we are with this team continuing to contend for championships and having won the first one in 50 years. And I think, you know, for Herb Cole, I think it's a beautiful thing for him that, you know, his legacy was really solidified forever by what happened after he sold the team first and foremost with the donation he made to help build Pfizer Forum. you know, his name being on uh, Herb Cole way uh, mm-hmm. to forever, you know, put, put him, his name on that um, is I think very apt and, and fitting. And then um, on, you know, 2021 ring night, um, you know, he was in the stands and I, I think what, I think Lisa Byington mentioned on the broadcast tonight that he was surprised. He was not, I don't know that he was actually told that he was getting a ring. I don't believe and so. Adam Silver, you know, walks up and acknowledges him and gives him a championship ring sitting in his kind of famous, you know, seats, um, and, uh, at Pfizer forum. And so I think that was a very, you know, full circle moment. I think not just for Herb Cole and his legacy, and what he'll always mean for this franchise, the city, the state, um, and what he did for the Bucks and and sports and just general for for this city and state. But um, I think for a lot of us, you know, I'm I'm older than you, Camille, but you know, we both as kids grew up with Herb Cole being the owner, right? And all we knew, su- suffering through a lot of uh, you know the ups and downs, a lot of downs, especially in the '90s and 2000s. So um, you know, for somebody who I think you know, you hear all the stories of way what he was like, how approachable he was. He really was, you know, a Bucks fan and a really down to earth guy. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's just a beautiful thing that, you know, his legacy will always be, I think that he helped keep this team here and set the table for ultimately this team winning a championship. And thankfully he got to see it. Yes. He got his ring and, um, you know, again, he'll be missed and he'll be forever, uh, intertwined with the history of this franchise. But, um, you know, I think sad day for, for Bucks fans, for Wisconsinites, for Milwaukeeans. But, um, you know, again, I think, uh, an opportunity for us to acknowledge again, what, what he's meant for this franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And what he's meant for the state, like there are Kohl's department stores throughout the state grew up with Kohl's grocery stores, grocery um, stores, uh, Kohl's food yes. emporium. Yeah. Yes. Here <laughs> in the city, uh, that his family helped put together. And I never had the pleasure of meeting uh, Senator Herb Cole myself in person, but it seems like everybody whose path he crossed 
he left just a lasting impression of just kindness, uh, genuine interest in how people were doing, where players were saying like, hey, he even knew my name and I didn't expect him to. Um, when he sold the team, how he had a gift for everybody who worked in the building and who worked for the franchise. So uh, his kindness and generosity is definitely going to be missed because there's one thing that this world can do more, have more of. Um, it's kind hearted people. So big thanks to Herb Cole and all that he's done for the franchise, for the city and for the state. And it just felt right that we had to start with Herb Cole with this being a blocked on bucks, Milwaukee bucks focused podcast. doesn't feel right to do anything, but start with that. And we'll get into the game and break all that down a little bit more after this. First, got to talk to you all about our friends from over at eBay Motors. Listen, our partners have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So it doesn't really matter if you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the waiver wire, whatever it might be, because every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So taking a look at who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week, I'm going to highlight uh, Torian Prince from the Lakers. Now, he isn't spectacular. I'll be the first to say that. But with the Lakers changing their starting lineup and putting D'Angelo Russell on the bench and moving Jared Vanderbilt into place for him, this lineup needs all the shooting that they can get. And Torian Prince is somebody who's been on a nice run of late when it comes to shooting the three ball. So they're going to need a lot more of him with this roster change. So that's definitely somebody to check out for your fantasy picks this week. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. That's the exact same with your vehicle. I had my first car for nearly 10 years and I love that car. Like I love that car so much. I named it. That car was Rico. I miss Rico still to this day. And near the end there with Rico, things were getting really, really expensive with the repairs. And I wish that I would have known about eBay motors back then because they have over 122 million parts and they're at super reasonable prices. Plus eBay's guarantee fit is a promise that the Parts will fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. And when I was dealing with Rico, I needed all the money in my pocket that I could get. So if your vehicle needs anything, make sure you head over to ebaymotors.com. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customer. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for tuning into Locked On Bucks. A special shout out to everybody who tunes in Monday through Friday. A special shout out to all of those everydayers. And if you enjoy what we do here on Locked On Bucks, I got to put you on something else that you might enjoy because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Sports all day long, every day on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of all the top sports, sports stories of the day. And it's brought to you by all the local experts here from Locked On. Plus, you can see some of our national shows that cover every league as well. Make sure you go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, Frank, the Nets kept it. Pretty interesting tonight for the first three quarters before the Bucks could pull away. And when I say the Nets were shorthanded, I mean they were shorthanded. They were on the second night of a back-to-back -back after 
sending the Pistons to their sad fate of making some terrible NBA history on a 27-game losing streak. But with that, sat a lot of guys tonight. And even then, uh, Cam Thomas started the first quarter. We saw a little bit of Mikel in the first quarter, but didn't see them too much after that. So the Bucks were able to pull away in the fourth. Again, a super efficient game from Giannis, who only missed two shots tonight to finish with 32 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Chris Middleton had the best game of the season tonight so far for him. Season highs in points and assists, he had 27 points and 10 assists. And I've really been enjoying Chris Middleton's play as of late. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think when we talk about the questions with this team, right, uh, obviously we're going to start with defense. And on a night like Every tonight, time. we're going to get to that in a minute, right? 70 paint points allowed uh, after what we saw in New York the other day on Christmas. Um, not great, especially, uh, against a team that, as you said, it was like, you know, first quarter, it still kind of looked like the, the Brooklyn Nets and then second through fourth quarters, it was the Long Island Nets or the G league team that felt like a G league <laughs> showcase game basically. Um, and the bucks made it way harder than kind of it needed to be mm-hmm. with their largely indifferent defensive effort, including, especially on the offensive glass. Um, but yeah, I, Chris, three straight games now, over 20 points a game, successive season highs in points now the last couple of games, 24 on Christmas Day, 27 tonight. And you know, he's, he ain't chucking, right? I mean, he was um, scoring efficiently again tonight. I think what it was, the 11 to 18, 11 of 17, something like that. Um, and the numbers in December, 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, and just under 30 minutes per game. And, you know, take your pick what number there you like the most. I think we kind of are spoiled now. We just assume Chris is going to give you five rebounds, five assists if he plays, you know, any decent number of minutes. But the fact that now for the whole month, he's right at 30 minutes per game Mm -hmm. uh, and averaging, you know, around 18 points a game. I mean, with Dame and Giannis and the you know just the usage that those two guys have, I don't know that Chris can average a whole lot more than right. you know 18, 19 points a game just based on kind of usage and and the number of shots that are going to be available to him. Uh, but that's fine, right? I mean, if he can be uh, kind of in that eighteen to twenty points per game range, playing thirty to thirty-two minutes per game, I mean, you'd be thrilled with that because if he's scoring at that level, it means that he's going to be scoring efficiently, and he's really been doing that this month and. You know, weirdly, the three-point shot last year, you know, three-point shot was the one thing that kind of like didn't come back uh, last year. You know, when he averaged 15 points a game, he was efficient, Mm -hmm. but he only shot 31% from three. It seemed like that was sort of the last thing that came back. And even this year, we saw it as well. He was in the low 30s for a lot of the early part of the season. Uh, But over the last month, he's been, right, I think like 42, 43% or so. And again, just looks looks like the old Chris Middleton, right? Looks like the guy Mm -hmm. that, you know, every year like clockwork, was somewhere between. Uh, there's the Frank Madden freeze fame. It's been a while, actually, since we've had Frank freeze here on the pod. So if you're an everyday or if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, it's just it's part of the furniture here. <laughs> Dumb bucks at this part point. But uh, while we wait for Frank to come back, oh, one thing that, oh, oh, there you go. You froze for a little bit. We- we, we've been having some good luck, Camille, lately. And it just I know. Had to, had to it's this Wisconsin internet. Got some bad <laughs> Wisconsin internet here while I'm home. Um, but anyway, Chris Middleton, just great to see the old cash money seemingly back. And, you know, knock on wood, he just continues to stay healthy. And, um, you know, I, I think, I don't, I, I don't know if you, you guys talked about it, but um, Jim Orzowski had an interview with him the other day, a feature on him in the Journal Sentinel. And 
you know, the way he was describing just the pain he felt last year, fighting, playing, playing through that knee injury, um, sounded terrible, right? Like, I mean, just the pain he had getting up in the morning and having to fight through that day after day, um, to be as good as he was last year. I mean, it's really impressive that he was even as good as he was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for him to, you know, be saying just how much better he feels, not having that pain, um, you just, you're just happy for him as a human being that he's not having to deal with that. And I think, you know, it took a little bit of, you know, it took a little while to get obviously into kind of the full rhythm and get up to the minutes that, that we want to see him at, but for him to be where he's at right now, um, you know, that's, that's arguably the best kind of news of, of this first half of the season, right? Just given the uncertainty that we had coming into the year around Chris and his health, um, the defense, we can talk about that in a minute, but at least Chris Middleton looks healthy and man, he was dishing up. I mean, the Chris Giannis connection, man, oh, Dame had that one pretty kind of 40 foot reverse alley-oop dunk pass to, to Giannis, but I think Chris had Chris like had two or three like beautiful, just again, the, you know, the, the, the connection those guys have, the familiarity they have. Um, it's just a sight to see. And, you know, when Brooklyn was trying to go zone and Chris was like, ah, screw it. Just going to Giannis run to the rim and just going to throw a pass right over the top. It was such a beautiful thing to watch. And again, this is, this is why, you know, he's, he's the guy that unleashes, you know, this, this roster. And, you know, you look at like the, the on off stuff, like I was looking at cleaning the glass, right? Like, Chris, Giannis, Dame are like plus 17 points per 100, but Dame and Giannis without Chris are like plus three, right? So adding that third weapon with Chris, mm-hmm. and it's not just offense, like, you know, the numbers are a lot better on defense too when he's around. So, um, so yeah, you can't say enough about Chris. And again, as much as this game is not going to be one that we, you know, look back in the annals of history on given the competition, just to see Chris continuing to look confident and get to his spots and make plays. Um, it's just obviously continually a good thing to see and a trend that has been very welcome here as we get close to uh, to the end of 2023. Absolutely. You mentioned the fact that their net rating when it's Dame, Chris, and Giannis on the court together is about plus 17. I saw earlier as well coming into this game uh, that the offensive rating with those three together on the court 128, which is 99th percentile. Meanwhile, the defensive rating is 111.5, which is the 81st percentile. So the three of them on the court together looks really good. But also what I've been liking about the Bucks rotation is we know now at this point that Dame is going to play the entire first quarter and the entire third quarter. He's going to play half the second, half the fourth. And Giannis tends to sit out at the beginning of the second and beginning of the fourth quarter. And Griff's been letting Chris run with those units. And I've been enjoying seeing him also get those reps where he's the only guy of that big three on the court and able to facilitate, able to get into his rhythm as well. And you saw him put up a lot of points uh, during those minutes when he's able to be the playmaker and the lead scorer for the team. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I still get nervous at times when he's out there with like, you know, Bobby and, and bench guys. But like tonight, that was probably one of the things that, that surprised me most. I mean, like end of the third quarter, Giannis goes out um, and they had a like Dame and, and campaign were playing together, which like yeah. to me is like, why, why are we ever doing this? Right. Like, like, why are we handicapping this defense even more by playing our two small, you know, not defensively stout guys at point guards together? Um, and you had Bobby out there as like the only big for a while. And the fact that they like expanded the lead to end the third quarter was really big. And then Chris comes back to start the fourth quarter and 
again, like, you know, like never really kind of got too nervous. They got it to double digits and uh, yeah, he was just kind of in command. And as you said, especially on nights like this, right? Like, right. I mean, I don't think we're going to look at Chris and say like, okay, you know, Chris in the East finals, like go carry a bench unit for six minutes with Damon Giannis on the bench. Like that's not going to happen if those guys are, you know, upright. Um, but during these kind of random, you know, mm-hmm. late December slog type games, uh, the fact that Chris can do that is important, especially because, you know, we talked about the starting five, you know, the, those, those net rating numbers that we've been quoting, those are largely driven by the starters. The starting lineup has, has awesome numbers this year, right? Like they were like plus 17 net rating or something like that. Um, coming into this game, probably, probably a little bit better, although, you know, kind of took until late for this game to kind of be put away. Um, but really it's kind of like the bench units that, you know, are what the problem has been, um, which is interesting because early in the season, it felt like they had a lot of slow starts, but, you know, net net on the season, uh, the starting five has been really good. The defense has been very much above average with that group. Um, you know, even with Malik Beasley, right. And all the complaints we have about him and not passing the eye test, um, that group has been super effective and it's kind of all the other lineups that have had issues. So, um, so yeah, obviously Chris is a huge part of that. And again, you just cross your fingers, knock on wood that, you know, he continues to, um, not show up on injury reports and, um, yes. you know, Giannis as well, right. Obviously he also had off season surgery because he's, you know, Wolverine, he didn't miss any time at the beginning of the year. Um, but you know, again, cross fingers, knock on wood, I shouldn't say it out loud, but you know, he has not had any issues with his left knee this season after that bothered him the last couple of years. Um, that was where he had to clean up and he did have goes on the injury report was questionable for this game with the with kind of that calf uh, issue that he's sort of been managing for the last few weeks. Um, but again, played and as you said, 10 for 12, you know, from the field kind of did what he wanted. was playmaking, um, you know, Giannis was Giannis and yeah. obviously with the group that the Nets had out there tonight, they didn't have too much chance of, of slowing him down unless they sent like three or four bodies. So um so yeah, fun, fun uh, performance from him. And uh, again, if not for the defense, making, k- keeping the Nets in it and the Nets to their credit, right? Just basically saying, like, yeah, Bucks, we're not scared of you. We're just going to attack you guys. Yeah, we're going to attack you guys off the dribble, go to the basket and, you know, try to stop us. We're going to, you know, put Brooke Lopez on some posters and see where the chips fall. And uh, eventually the Bucks win the game, but uh, the scoreline felt a bit flattering. Yeah, and on Wednesday's episode earlier today, talked with Justin a bit about that Ringer article that came out that described the Bucks as sputtering after they lost on Christmas Day. And tonight's another example how offensively this team can pour on the points. Like there is no slowing that that machine down. I want to dig a little bit deeper into those numbers right after this. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, it's no wonder why that is. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. You don't have to worry about battling thousands of other players, which normally includes some pros and some sharks. Because with Prize Picks, all you're doing is picking more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections. And then you just watch the winnings roll in. I've said it before and I will say it again. I'm about my coins. So when I win anything, anything, I want my money as quickly as possible. I'm patient about a lot of things, but not about my ends, which is another reason why I love prize picks because they have really quick withdrawals. Quick withdrawals plus easy gameplay 
plus an enormous selection of players and stat types all adds up to make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, I mentioned the offense. We, we've hinted about the defense, and we're definitely going to talk about it here in this segment of the show as we close out. But also got to pay attention to the offense because this team's offensive first team at this point. Tonight was the fifth time this season that the Bucs scored at least 140 points. They scored at least 140 five times all of last season. We are in December of this current season. A big part of that tonight was the Bucks three-point shooting. They tied a season high in makes with 23. They were 23 or 51 from the field, shooting 45%. And thankfully, they had that large cushion from three over what the Nets were able to do. The Nets started off terribly from three. One to 13 at half, warmed up, I guess, a smidge to finish the game shooting seven to 32. But where the Nets were able to keep the game close was in the paint. As you mentioned already, they gave up 70 points in the paint to the Nets tonight, and this comes after giving up 72 points to the Knicks on Christmas. Yeah, and again, you know, Patrick Matumbo at the halftime interview talked about point of attack and keeping guys in front of you. And again, that's harder in pick and roll because there's a screen. And, you know, you you don't just kind of have a guy that that you can just shuffle your feet against man, man to man. Um but it's just it's just always too easy, right? And again, we just I think it starts with the guards and wings not being able to do an adequate job um, standing up defensively. And um, you know it's going to be a broken record. And I think if the Bucks don't make some sort of move at the trade deadline, you know I think the Ringer and all these other places, like yeah, they can continue to be skeptical. I think of of how good this team can be in the playoffs. And honestly, Camille, I don't really. On some level, I don't really care. Like, I mean, this Bucks team, we, we've seen them win a championship. Mm-hmm. We've been to the mountaintop. You know, they're always talked about as contenders every year. Uh, you know, I get it. Like, some fans, especially with, you know, things like awards, award season, right? Like, obviously, Giannis isn't going to win MVP if the Bucks are, like, considered to be, you know, underachieving regardless of their record. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, the past couple of years, you know, like last year going into the playoffs, the title favorites, you know, in, in many people's eyes, the number one seed, best record in the league, and you fall flat on your face. Obviously, there are some reasons for that. Um, but on some level, I don't know. I, I don't mind necessarily, like, maybe being a little under the radar this year. And if the – I mean, right now, the Bucks can definitely play the, like, nobody believes in us card. Yeah, they could. Despite the fact that they have the second best record in the conference, um, they would be the two seed, and they're 22-8, and eight, which is a really good record to start the year. Um, so again, I would prefer that they make some sort of trade change to, um, to add some depth. Um, you know, it was interesting. The Nets are such an interesting team, right? Dorian Finney Smith didn't play tonight with the injury. Um, you know, Royce O'Neal played in the first quarter and Dennis Smith Jr. Played more than all of those guys. Um, and had some pretty, pretty, pretty impressive drives of the basket and dunks, um, Mm -hmm. showing off, you know, some of his athleticism that he has, um, I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things like, I'm not sure, you know, I started the year thinking Dorian Finney-Smith was a guy that I wanted to target in a potential trade. I don't know that Royce O'Neal, what he's got left defensively. I'm sure he has more than 
you know, the Bucks have currently on the wing right. defensively. But DSJ, I think, is also a really intriguing guy. I think, unfortunately, his shot looks pretty broken, um, really, since the last couple of years. You know, the shot, he was a guy that shot well from three in college, was a really deep three-point shooter at NC State, was projected to be a good three-point shooter. And over the course of sort of his, you know, up and down career, um, that part of his game just has not kind of gotten to a good spot. Uh, but you see the explosiveness, the athleticism, and defensively, he's been just a really, really dynamic defender the last couple of years, starting in Charlotte last year now with the Nets. So, um, so I, I don't know, to be honest, I mean, he only makes $2 million a year. He's a minimum contract, which seems kind of crazy that you know, nobody took a little bit more of a flyer on him, given that he was really good defensively last year too. But um, but yeah, I don't know. The Bucks have to find defensive answers somewhere. Um, we saw a little bit of Andre Jackson tonight. and uh, But refreshingly, a lot more of Marjan Bochamp. And I thought Marjan, you know, he's obviously had some of his thunder stolen by Andre Jackson. And yeah. you know, a lot of our time spent talking about Andre rather than Marjan. Um, and I think, you know, again, I don't know that anybody distinguished themselves too much defensively in this game. But um, Marjan on offense, I thought, looked really sharp. Uh, and finishes with, you know, whatever it was, 11 points, I think on six shots and, yep. um, you know, had the big dunk in transition, two footed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he stopped uh, tweeted you, Frank. He had the tweet saying, they say I can't jump off too. You know, what's funny. The two dunks he had off one foot over the last two weeks were two handed dunks off his right foot. And I think maybe we talked about this on the pod, but yeah, it's a little weird, right? That, uh, or maybe I talked about it with Justin, but a little weird that a left, that a right-handed player would seemingly now be like more comfortable jumping off his right foot, since that's you know your dominant foot for left-handers. Um, so I don't know. I'm still I'm still waiting for him to look comfortable jumping off of one foot um, in transition. But uh, that two that that one-footed, uh, two-footed uh, kind of one hand hammer that he dropped yeah. was uh, was pretty nice. sweet in transition and. Um, you know, I think the the thing too, I just give him credit for is you hit two out of three from three plus 21, you know, the bench put up huge plus minus numbers. We were talking earlier mm -hmm. about the bench being the problem. You know, when you look at like kind of overall, like where do the bucks sort of build leads versus lose leads and the bench typically being a problem. And tonight, you know, the script, the, the script was largely flipped, right? Marjan yes. plus 21, Bobby plus 20 campaign who I, I have to call this out because I was just kind of saying earlier the only thing i was talking about him was like how i get nervous seeing him and and dame playing together but he goes six for nine including five of eight from three 18 points six assists i mean no turnovers like that's about as good as you could hope to get from campaign so he was really good and a game high plus 24 so um the bench you know tonight came through and and made some differences but um you know definitely want to give some shine to to marjon in particular because he's obviously been a guy that has seen his minutes kind of rise and fall and fluctuate and um again i think if you thought that you know there was going to be like one guy who was just going to win win the rotational battle and that guy was just going to play all year like no right yeah, like bud didn't do it like that i think most coaches especially when they have a lot of guys that could potentially compete for minutes like they're not just going to bury like you know five guys for the entire season right like you're typically going to see you know guys kind of go in and out of the rotation try to get guys engaged, um, especially, you know, again, not that they've been practicing a ton, but, um, you know, especially if guys have good practices or whatever it might be, other things going on, try to give them some, some looks. So, um, you know, I think Adrian Griffin, I, I get it, right? Like I, on the one hand, I would like to see Andre Jackson play more, 
Um, but you know, if it's Marjan getting more minutes at Andre's expense, like I'm fine with that. Right. Cause I think both those guys have some potential to, to be part of, you know, a change of pace and, and a better version defensively of this team. Um, I don't know how likely it is to happen this year, but, um, nice to see Marjan kind of get an opportunity. And again, you know, G league nets jokes aside, um, you can only play the guys in front of you and he did well tonight. Yeah, he did. And let's end this on a positive note. We talked about the defense. And of course, we're going to continue to talk about the defense as the season goes on, because that is the biggest red flag with this team. But the Bucs have scored at least 120 points in 20 games so far this season, and they are 18 and two in those games. And tonight was another example of that. It's a night where Brooke Lopez didn't have the greatest shooting night, didn't get too much from Dame, but other players were able to step up uh, on this roster. And that's something that you really do love to see. So We'll end it there for this evening. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Let us know in the comments some of your favorite Herb Call moments. If you ever met the senator, we'll also love to hear about that as well because all of those stories never cease to amaze me and the kindness that he has shown to others. So drop that in the comments for us and also make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to that first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Trust me, we're going to keep you covered with 24 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with all the local Locked On experts. So tune into that. Matter of fact, go and check that out after we close right here. So for Frank and myself, we're going to catch you guys later. Take care. <laughs>